If we could jump to, it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul's writing the church in Corinth here. And here's what he says. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you. Is that right? Do we want divisions in the church? No, that's why we're doing this Life Together series, A Church Divided. I think Abraham Lincoln said, people divided. No, that can't, it's a scripture. But basically, a house divided against itself cannot stand, it's Abraham Lincoln, but it's still scriptural. Church divided against itself cannot stand. You with me? All right. So he doesn't want division here. But you to be united in same mind and same judgment, for it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you would say, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Okay, if we jump to the next part. Is Christ divided? Is he divided? No, no of course not. Was Paul crucified for you? No. Were you, were, were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. no. What name are we baptized in? The name of Christ, the name of Jesus. That's right. I thank God that I baptized none of you. Isn't that great of Paul? He gets riled. I'm so thankful I didn't baptize any of you guys. Obviously, he's upset at this point. But then, of course, he clarifies, well, maybe I did baptize, you know, this one household. But in the end, I'm so glad I didn't, I'm not responsible for you. I didn't baptize you. But here's what Paul is saying. When you look at the end of that scripture, he says, it's not who baptizes you that matters. It's the name in which you are baptized into. You are baptized into Christ and into his church. And I bring this up here because as we move forward with water baptisms here, we've got them scheduled about every month or two. Um, what I'd like to begin to put into practice is that we are all called to go to baptize and to teach. And what I mean by that is this, as we were overseas, as we would lead someone to the Lord and um, they began to follow Jesus, we would baptize that individual. But then as we would share a lesson with them and ask them, now go and share this with five other people. And as they would do that, and as they would lead someone to the Lord, then we encouraged them. We said, okay, now we want you to baptize that person because we are all called to go to baptize and to teach. And the reason we did that is because if, if someone made a decision for Christ and they said, well, you've got to wait till this, you know, till this guy, Zach, comes around and he'll baptize you. That's not what we see in the New Testament. And it obviously would have inhibited what God wanted to do uh, specifically in the Middle East where we were at. So we got into the practice of saying, look, you can baptize that person. It doesn't require you to carry pastoral certification for that to happen. Um, and I, I share this with you this morning because I talked with a couple of our, our families here today. We've got some dads that are going to baptize their kids. Why? Because it is those dads and those moms that were mostly responsible for the discipling of those kids. You know, you may bring your child to church but it is up to you in the home to do the majority of that child's discipling. What they see lived out in you is what that child will then live. The church simply comes alongside you in discipling that child, but discipling happens in the home. I've said it, and I'll say it again, that my best disciples had better be my kids, that what they see in me lived out day in and day out had better reflect Jesus, and they should reflect that in their lives as well, and we want that to happen. So, I'm going to invite Michael Ivey. I don't know where you're at, but I want you to come forward. There he is. Um, he's going to baptize all four of his kids this morning. Isn't that incredible? So, he's going to live out that admonition of going, baptizing, and teaching. So, weighty responsibility, but you can still keep teaching those kids. Hi, my name is Malia Ivey. I am from Lafayette, Indiana, and I am 17 years old. When I was five, I accepted Christ, but I never lived truly by it. My family moved to Tennessee when I was seven in 2006, 
and it was a stressful year for me because life as I had known it had changed quite a bit. We moved back home to Lafayette when I was eight years old in 2007, but my dad continued to travel back and forth between Lafayette and Spring Hill, Tennessee, where we had lived. He eventually accepted a job in Indianapolis, but that job required him to be gone for longer periods of time to further away states. And my relationship with my dad deteriorated. In fifth grade, my dad accepted a job here in town. He started slowing his work pace down a little bit, and we started attending a new school, Faith Christian School. In seventh grade, I attended a back-to-school chapel where Mr. Grass, our superintendent, laid out the salvation plan, and I accepted Christ on that day. Being baptized means to me that I am putting my selfish, man-made fears behind me, allowing Jesus to cover every part of my life and being a public announcement to others that I truly accept Christ as my Lord. So why am I the only one crying here, huh? <laughs> well, sweetheart, we've covered a lot of ground together, and uh, I'm really pleased that you've made this step today. You know, I was there when you were born. Mom and I turned around and gave you back to the Lord on this stage with some of our closest church family that's still sitting here today. And then you sat on the bed with us when you were five. And then you decided on your own later as Mr. Grass invited you, who's sitting out there. And you rededicated your life. And this is the last step that I get to help you on. I get to help baptize you for you to make this public profession of your faith. After that, it's all on you. And I know you'll do well. So based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm Kylan Ivy, and I am from Lafayette, Indiana, and I am 15 years old. I grew up in a Christian home, and I accepted Jesus when I was four or five years old. I have always believed in Him, but I felt these past couple of years my faith has really deepened, and I've come to know what it means to follow Christ. I'm getting baptized today because I feel like this is something Jesus has asked me to do, and I want to publicly announce that I am a Christian. So my bold warrior, how are you? Cold, yeah, yeah. Well, despite cold water, I delivered you. I stood here with Mama and gave you back to the Lord, and we dedicated ourselves to raise you in a Christian home and with our church family. I helped lead you to the Lord when you made your initial decision, and today I get to take the last step, and I get to baptize you while you make a public profession that you are a follower of Christ. So now, based on your profession of faith, as Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But first, I'm going to challenge you. You said you're a follower of Christ. I want to see you up here next baptizing someone else that you've brought. Hi, I'm Carrington Ivy, and I'm 12 years old, and I'm from Lafayette, Indiana. I want to be baptized because I want to 
people to know that I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. I was saved when I was four, and I remember that I was so happy and I was crying. I remember my mom and dad sitting next to me, and they were smiling really big. I really want to show the world that I am a Christian. You say it's cold, huh? Ah, yeah. Well, kiddo, I delivered you, too. I don't know if you heard what I said to Kylan or Malia. But then Mama and I stood up on a stage up here, and we gave you back to God. We dedicated ourselves. And then, as you said to everybody in your video, that you sat on the bed, and you gave your life to the Lord as we prayed with you. And I can't tell you how pleased that made me. But today, I'm really very well pleased with you because you're telling everyone Everyone that sees today and on the internet, on the videos and everything else, that you are a follower of Christ. So based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, I'm Silas Ivy, and I'm 11 years old, and I'm from Lafayette, Indiana. I've been going to CPC for 11 years. I'm going to be baptized today because I want to show obedience to God. And because I just want to be baptized. Being baptized means to me it's the tradition of the old self dying, the tradition of the new self rising. Well, you said in your video that a new version of yourself comes out when you get baptized, and you're right. It's going to be a cold version. <laughs> we wanted more Jordan River-like conditions this morning. You get the real deal. Uh, the water's too clear. That's true. Okay. Hey, look at me. I am very pleased with you. I can't tell you how pleased I am with you. Ah, I love you, and you're freezing to death, so I'm going to hurry up. In the name of Jesus Christ, because you have made a public profession of your faith in him as your Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My name is Rebecca Paige Putman, and I'm from Indiana, and I am eight years old. My mom's a teacher, and my dad's a teacher at Purdue. I'm in second grade, and I am homeschooled. I want to be baptized because I want to do the right thing even though it can be hard and dedicate my life to God. It's always wonderful to see homes that are dedicated to raising their kids with Jesus at the center. When I talk about your home needs to be the main place of discipleship, do your kids see you wake early and spend time with Jesus? Do they see you make church a priority? These are things that matter. Uh, and so what a joy to be able to see some of these dads baptize their kids this morning. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going <clears> to <throat> suffer a little bit of the same issue that Mike Ivey did, because this is a special day. But uh, Rebecca, you know, here we are on May 1st, and your birthday is coming up in a, in a couple of days. And while that day was a special day for your mom and for me, um, a day like today just kind of hits you right in the heart. You know, in the gospel, Jesus said, to, if anyone would come after me, he would deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. And Rebecca, your mom and I are so excited that you've decided to follow Jesus and that you've decided to take that next step in baptism to make a public profession that your life is dedicated to Jesus. Your mom and I here look at your character and, and the, uh, just the, the way that you attack life, you know, your, your determination, and we are so excited about the future, about how God is going to use you. When people look in your hearts and life and say, Rebecca, what's different about you? Our prayer is that you would be quick to say, it's Jesus living in me. And that starts today with this testimony. One of my other favorite verses is Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love, to seek mercy, and, and to walk humbly with your God. And Rebecca, so with your profession of faith this morning, I'll let you start closing your nose and putting your hand in front of your face. And it's a great pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ben Davis and I'm 15 years old and I'm growing up in West Lafayette, Indiana. I've been sinning and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And I just want to show my family and friends what God has been doing in my life. That I want to follow in his footsteps and what baptism means to me. When Jesus got baptized, his father was pleased, and I just want to follow his footsteps and share God's word to everyone and to everywhere. Amen. I got to meet Ben two Easter extravaganzas ago. He came and he, he volunteered and helped to spread the eggs out on the field. And he's been in the youth group ever since. And Ben, it's, it's been such an amazing thing to see you progress and see the old Ben go and the new Ben come. And, and Ben is, is fearless, you know. He, he comes and he, he worships at the, at the center of the altar every Sunday. And you just encourage me so much. And it's, it's my privilege to get to baptize you today. And I want to I wanna tell you that you know, I see the sensitivity inside of you, and you know, with, with the world, we have to be thick-skinned sometimes, but with God, we always want to be thin-skinned, so I want you to always hear him. I want you to listen to him and just be open and be present, and he's going to do good things. He's going to do great things in your life. So Ben, by your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Teresa Davis. I'm 40 years old and I am from around this area. I've been in and out of church since about 18 years old. I finally found um, Connection Point. I feel at home here. Uh, recently, I've made a major life change. I've had been an alcoholic for 15 years and as of today, I'm 13 days sober, praise God. And um, as I'm making that change into my life, I want to make sure that I have God with me. Um, that's why I want to do the baptism, to invite God to be with me as I make this change and um, just to make sure that I'm going forward in my new phase of life the best way possible with God on my side. 
Well, for those of you that may not know, Teresa is Ben's mom, and it's always our privilege to see not just teenagers, but entire families come to know God. And, and you know, her story is just the beginning of the transformations that we're going to see. We just know that God has so many good things in store for us at Connection Point, and we're excited for what God is going to continue to do. So, Teresa... Because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, it's my privilege today to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, my name is Julie Wanakat, and I'm 27 years old, and I'm originally from Northwest Indiana, but I moved to Lafayette last year. And I started my walk with Jesus last year, a little bit after my husband and I got engaged. Um, I came from a very strict Catholic home where I had to go to church, I had to go to Sunday school, and I just felt like I was just going through the motions. I felt like I had to do it to make other people happy. And my husband, Matt, he comes from a very... Christian family oriented home where he knew about Jesus his parents taught him about the Bible and about God where you know when we when we got engaged I had never even opened a Bible so I had all these questions for him and he was really awesome in teaching me about the Bible and answering my questions and we knew that we wanted God in the center of our life and you know, we felt that, you know, we wanted to serve him. We wanted to live life for him. So we found Connection Point Church in November 2015, and we've been coming since, and it's been amazing. And I just can't wait to see what God has in store for us. What baptism means to me is being cleansed of my old life and becoming a better person. I feel like I've changed so much from where I was last year to where I am today, and I want to keep growing, and I want to become closer with God so I can, you know, be a better person, be a better wife, be a good mom, and, you know, to serve others. It's been really fun to be able to, to journey with Jesus with Julie. Uh, shortly after I arrived, we had a request if, if someone would come from the pastoral staff and bless. Uh, she and Matt had just gotten married. We're getting married in January. And so just a couple of weeks in, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It's what we do. We believe in marriage. And, and so we went and uh, prayed uh, over a blessing over their marriage. Uh, we believe that a healthy marriage is a great model and picture of Jesus and the church. And we see that in the New Testament. And so it's just been a joy um, to be able to see growth in Julie and in Matt. And, um, and so it's just been it's wonderful to see that. Well, shortly after, Julie was Facebook messaging me some questions. And, and I said, well, hey, you know, we're actually starting this, this opportunity for people to walk alongside others in their, their relationship with Christ. Would you be open to having somebody meet with you? And she's like, yeah, that would be fantastic. And so I talked to Beth, and Beth was like, yeah, that's great. I'll meet with Julie. And so I just asked Beth if she'd be willing to come and share, because they've been meeting now for a little while. Um, and it's just been extraordinary to see what God's doing in Julie's life. It is such an honor and a privilege uh, to be up here with Julie. Um, we were texting each other yesterday. We both ball at baptism. So <laughs> I said, what a pair we're going to be. 
Um, Amen. It has been such a joy to walk in this journey with Julie. Her thirst and her hunger for knowledge of God has reignited in me a passion for it and to be able to have the honor and the privilege to walk by her side as we do this is just the greatest blessing. I encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, either to be someone to be discipled or to disciple someone else, um, I encourage you to do that because it is life-changing for both of us, I think. Um, And it is just so, so exciting. to see her follow the Lord in his commands and the growth in her life. And I know that God has amazing things ahead for you, sweetheart. Your love for him and your desire to know him will be met because that's what he desires. And I am just so thrilled for you. God bless you. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Well, Julie, you are baptized into Jesus and his church, that this is a a representation of your death and burial from your old way of life into your new life in Christ and his church. You're now a new creation, and so upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Zach Amick. I was born in West Lafayette in 1990, making me 25 years old, going on 26. I was a sinner, and I didn't even know it. I really didn't know much, and I went to Ball State. I just lived a very sinful life, and I met this wonderful girl there, and she showed me the hope and love that comes from Jesus and just the, the, the more I got to know her, the more I got to know God and she encouraged me to read the Bible and so I started studying the Word and came to be saved this last winter and now I want to be baptized because I love Jesus. and. And I want to be like Jesus, and Jesus did it, so I should. So we all should. Oh, amen. Shelly and I have gotten to know Zach and then his fiancee, Rachel. They're going to get married in August, so we've been meeting together um, weekly. So it's just been awesome to hear their testimonies of how... Um, God has changed their lives, and the difference that's made when they really made the decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, and how that just absolutely transforms and changes the way you begin to process and think and just begin to live. And so it's just been extraordinary. So Zach, today we get to baptize you into Jesus and his church. That's right, amen. That This is a representation of your death from your old way of life, your burial, and into your resurrected life, your new life into Christ and his church, that we baptize you as a new creation, that as you go down and come back up, that we experience and, and expect life anew. So upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Love you, man. <laughs> Nine people baptized today. Hallelujah representation of lives changed, people that say, God, you are now in charge. And 
Uh, I didn't ask Zach's permission. I hope this is okay. But we had gotten together this last week as uh, he was baptized here this morning. I loved how he shared, you know, before I made the decision to follow Christ, I was constantly concerned with myself, how to take care of myself. And he said, but once I made that decision to follow Jesus and I knew God was in charge, I didn't have to worry about anything anymore. I could now start concerning myself with others. Isn't that amazing? That when we make that decision to to fulfill the gospel, to fulfill the good news of Jesus, we don't have to worry about our own circumstances. God's got that covered. Now we can concern ourselves with everyone else. Uh, We're so thankful that we can do that because we know that part of the reason we celebrate water baptism is because we know the majority of our world does not live with that kind of hope. The majority of people outside these walls, and I'm sure there's some here in this room today, They're living with tremendous hurt, abandoned by loved ones, treated poorly by by friends and co-workers. A couple of months ago, during the final season of American Idol, uh, Kelly Clarkson, she sang a song piece by piece, and it was interesting to watch and to see tens of millions of people resonate with the message she was singing in that song. It was a song of how she was abandoned by her father, but regained trust in men by the relationship she has with her husband. And I just want to go ahead and take a minute to watch that song because I want us to understand what resonates with our world today and where they're really at. If we could play that video. You know, it, it's sad to think of how many people can identify with the content of that song. It was, I mean, tweeted about, downloaded, watched tens of millions of times. I'm sure there's people in this room that could identify with that song and the response of the people. But I'm also sure there's a lot in this room, and this is where I think we can lose sight. If you've grown up in a great home, Shelly and I did. We have great families. All of my brothers and sisters, they they serve Jesus. And we can sometimes lose sight of when we don't have him, the, the loss of hope and the need of healing that we have in our lives. But we can never lose sight of that. We've got to keep that at the forefront of our minds. Because healing, the kind of healing that's really needed, can only come from God. Healing that we are expected by King Jesus to bring. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28 today. And in this passage, here's what we find. That to bring hope and healing to our world, we must be a part of the great rescue. We must go to the world with the hope-filled and healing message of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be reading verses 18 through 20. I'm sure they're familiar to you, and we had read them earlier in the service today already. But I also am going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word, uh, because we do never want to lose sight of the fact what a privilege it is that God's Word has been given to us, and so we stand simply out of reverence for that reading. So reading from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 this morning. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hallelujah. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, John. To bring hope and healing to our world you must be a part of the great rescue because Jesus is Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
This statement echoes Daniel 7.14, which reads, To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. A kingship which is to be everlasting and indestructible. The risen Jesus, vindicated over those who tried to destroy him, is now established as the universal sovereign. And his realm embraces not only the whole earth, which was to be the dominion of the one like the Son of Man in Daniel's vision, but heaven as well. The true nature of that kingship is revealed. It stands far above local politics. It extends far beyond the people of Israel. It is the universal kingship of the Son of Man. This kind of authority is required to bring real hope and healing to our world. Jesus has that kind of authority. Jesus is the only one who has the ability to bring real hope and real hurt or real healing to a hurting world. You know, I'm glad that Kelly Clarkson married someone that helped her regain trust, that helped her move past a sense of abandonment, but we don't know five years from now where that relationship's going to be. I hope it's good, but people fall short. But the good news is, God doesn't. Psalmist writes in Psalm 68, I love this psalm, verses 5 and 6. Here's what God is. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. This is God. Whose dwelling is holy, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. What an awesome psalm. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Some of the most hope-filled verses in the Bible are familiar to you if you've been in the church. They come from the Gospel of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but could have eternal life. And here's the verse that follows that a lot of times isn't quoted, but I love it. And I think we should include this with it. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Sometimes I think Christians live it out in such a way. That's not true. He didn't come to condemn, but in order that the world might be saved through him. With Jesus, you are granted eternal life. What greater hope can be granted than the hope of eternal life with the one who sets prisoners free and fills them with joy. No greater hope. Lasting hope can only be found through a relationship with Jesus. So I ask, were you abandoned by a parent, someone important in your life? Have you lost a sense of hope in the future? Do you have misplaced trust in people when you should be trusting God? If so, God desires to bring you lasting hope today. My hope is that you will choose to follow him. You'll be given opportunity at the end of this service here today to do so. Don't miss the opportunity to find real hope today. Our world needs lasting hope and healing, and Jesus came into the world to bring it. To bring hope and healing to our world, we must be a part of the great rescue because Jesus commanded it. Jesus says, I'm going to summarize again, go, baptize, and teach. Go, baptize and teach. We did that this morning. We're going to go, we're going to baptize, and we're going to teach. We want to follow the very words of God here. Go to the world, bring hope and healing. Baptize people into Jesus and his church. Teach them to follow everything Jesus said. Go, baptize, and teach. This is our mandate. This is our great task. This is the great rescue. And by the way, the great rescue is not an option to be considered. 
It is a command to be obeyed. We struggle with that. We struggle with commands. My kids, they struggle with commands. If you've got kids, I'm sure they struggle with commands too. But here's the thing. If you love Jesus, you'll obey what he commands because you know that he has your best interest in mind. Same thing with our kids. We have to tell them over and over, look, I love you, and so I'm going to ask you to do this. And Jesus does the same thing. Because when you go baptize and teach, you will find the rich and satisfying life that Jesus promises. And I'm convinced not until you give yourself to going, baptizing, and teaching, will you find that life. Jesus commands you to fulfill the great rescue because he knows that's where you'll find life purpose. I can tell you, as Shelley and I have devoted ourselves to making disciples of every nation, we have found the life that Jesus planned for us. We have never been bored. If you're bored, come talk to me. I'll get you on mission for him. You won't be bored. We've never been lacking things to do, to do amazing things in Jesus' name. We've never been short on things to celebrate as we've seen God at work in the lives of people all around us. It's an incredible journey with Jesus when you commit yourself to becoming a part of the great rescue. So are you a part of the great rescue? Are you bringing hope and healing to our world? Are you committed to going to baptizing and to teaching? If not, you'll have opportunity today to become a part of the great rescue and discover the rich and satisfying life that Jesus promises, to find your life by losing it. Jesus gave us the command to go baptize and teach in order to bring hope and healing to our world. And to bring hope and healing to our world, we must be a part of the great rescue because Jesus is with you. When you go to the world, you're bringing Jesus with you. What a great promise Jesus declares, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. The world needs Jesus, and you're responsible to bring him to them. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus declares his mission, his mandate, what he came into the world to accomplish. It's in Luke chapter 4. He's speaking in the synagogue in Nazareth and reading from Isaiah, and here's what it says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came to proclaim good news, to show compassion. That's what recovery of sight to the blind is, to engage in justice advocacy, liberty to those who are oppressed. Jesus expects us to continue his mission, to proclaim good news, to show compassion, and engage in justice advocacy. And the best news is, he's with us as we do it. We're not out there on our own. Who else would be better to have alongside us than Jesus himself? If you feel like you're lacking a deep relationship with Jesus, maybe it's because you're not engaging in the work he's doing in the world. If you want more of Jesus, you need to go where he is going, and Jesus is going to the world. The world that overwhelmingly responds to a song by Kelly Clarkson about abandonment and hurt. Because Jesus' desire is to heal the world. So want more Jesus? Go baptize and teach. Proclaim good news. Show compassion and engage in justice advocacy. In short, be part of the great rescue. Are you taking Jesus to the world? Or are you selfishly keeping him to yourself? Are you going where Jesus is going? To the world. Or are you content to live your Christianity in silence as though in the end everyone around you in the world will be okay without him? Because the news is, they won't be. 
The hope and healing they need depends on your willingness to bring Jesus to them. As you participate in the great rescue to bring hope and healing to the world, Jesus promises to be with you. So what's the great rescue and how can you be a part? The great rescue is going, bringing people to a place of decision to follow Jesus, to find the hope and healing every soul longs for, to a place of belonging as a child of God and a part of his family, connected with brothers and sisters of like faith, to becoming a world changer. We talked about this last week. A person who abides daily, lives the word, shares the story of Jesus, gives generously, and serves others, going back out into the world to find the lost and help them become found. It's moving people very simply from lost to found to connected to becoming a world changer to now going back out into the world to become part of the rescue mission themselves. That's what the great rescue is. So here's what I'm talking about as it relates to uh, connection point. What does the great rescue look like for us? First thing is we interact with our near neighbors. I shared last week that 67% of them are unchurched. We start there with the lost. But we don't want to leave them there. We want to bring them to a place of hope and healing, help them get to a Sunday morning transformational worship gathering where they can encounter Jesus, encounter God, and be reconnected with their creator. But we want more than that. We don't want them simply here on a Sunday morning. We want to see them connected with Christ's church. When we baptize people, as we look at the New Testament, it is into Christ and into his church because we may come to Christ alone, but we grow in Christ together. So we move them to a place where they can be connected with others. That's what our connect groups are for. And then we want to see them connected, but we want to take them to that last place of becoming a world changer themselves so that they can be someone who abides daily, who lives the word, who shares the story of Jesus, gives generously, and serves others. That's the cycle. We want to move people from lost to found to connected to becoming world changers so they can go back out into that rescue mission so that they find life purpose and they have life eternal. So how do we do this in practical terms? You can start by picking up a yard sign on your way out this morning. We're going to make it easy for you. Some of you already have this sitting in your garage. Well, I encourage you, pull it back out, stick it in the yard. That's one way people can have exposure to get here on a Sunday morning so they, they can move from lost to found. The other thing is, is on your way out, you've got these plastic bags, make it simple, where this is both a bumper sticker and window decal. Use it either way, and invitation cards. You can pick that up on your way out. The goal is moving people from lost to found. Those are two simple ways to do it. And next week, what we know that you can do to move from lost to found, but we want to see you connected, you can sign up for our summer connect groups. Sign up starts next week. They won't start till the first week of June, but sign up next week so that you can grow in your faith together in a small group. Then after that, we can otherwise move, and we're getting ready for training people and equipping them for a whole new set of world changers. So we're going to hold a leader's luncheon so that we can train our department leaders on what it looks like to equip people to be a part of the great rescue. And then we're going to hold a volunteer spring picnic that you're going to be invited to, where we can, you can come and be exposed to what it means to serve in the kids' area, to be a greeter, to work with our worship arts, lots of ways that you can get connected and be a part of the great rescue. So what you need to do, and we've got, let me see where I'm at on my spring picnic. All right, this has been, I'll call it my joy, the last month. Organizational charts. Anybody here work in organizations? You got to do organizational charts? Okay, well, they're a lot of work, but it's okay. It's what we need so that we know where we can best plug you in. So this is just one small section of guest services that Phil Pusey heads up. So what we've been doing is laying out all these organizational charts so that as you come and say, hey, I want to be enrolled in the Great Rescue, we want to give you very specific information on how that happens. 
so that as you come to the spring picnic, basically what you'll do is you'll come and you'll listen to different departmental leaders share what it means to serve in their areas, and then you can go on that organizational charts that will be posted on the wall where you can then sign up and say, hey, I think it'd be great for me to be a greeter. I'd love to be out in the parking lot holding that welcome sign to wave people in. Something we don't have yet, but we will after we go through the picnic. So easy ways for you to get connected. All right, where am I at? I'm not following notes anymore at this point. All right, great invitation card. When you came in on your seats this morning, you should have found a great rescue invitation card. If you want to take a look at that for just a moment, I'm going to talk through some of those opportunities. This is your RSVP for the spring luncheon. So you simply fill out your name and say, you know what? I know I can be part of the great rescue by using yard signs and bumper stickers, window decals. I know I can do that by signing up for connect groups and encouraging others to do the same. But I'd also like to be that person who's a world changer serving others, and this is your place to do that. All you have to do is put a one, two, and three for the three things you'd like to hear about. Number one, saying, I'm most interested in this. Number two is, I'm next interested in this. And number three is, this is the last thing I'd like to hear about before I make a decision on what it means to serve and be part of the great rescue that way. So Big Backyard is where our infants and toddlers are. So this first column is all about the kids. Serve and help make disciples of the kids at Connection Point. Kids Cove, Brightside. Security is something we haven't set up because we had to do some work before we could. So I talked about this before, but what we had to do is we actually made Dutch doors out in the kids' hallways because we want parents to walk down and drop their kids off so they can meet our great teachers. And so we're going to have security stand at the door so that we can just check those stickers on the way in to say, hey, do you guys know where you're going this morning? And our security is going to help us with that. They really serve as a greeter, but they also help us to make sure that we've got the right people going down the right hallways so you could serve in that area. You can help with our infusion, our high schoolers and junior hires, Royal Rangers or car seats. If you don't know what the car seat ministry is, what it is is someone from the community can call if they are in need of a car seat, and we actually help provide them with a car seat if they don't know where to get one from. And we also talk to them about how to install that, so it's just something we do to bless our community. Food pantry, every Tuesday, we get food out there to those that are in need. Transportation ministry, we help get people here when we have services. James 127, adoption, that'll be something we develop as with the year progresses and we look at mission and compassion ministries. Altar prayer team, uh, we usually have them come forward on a Sunday morning so that you can pray with people. Food ministry, coffee and donut. Food ministry is when we, somebody gets sick or we have somebody that has had a baby. We had two last week in our church. Uh, it's incredible. We'll grow by way of birth as well. And so it's been fun to see that happen as well. And so what happens is, as food ministry, you sign up for that. You're saying, hey, I'm happy to provide a meal for someone when they're in need of that. And then baptism prep team. You saw all those blue shirts today. Those were part of our baptism preparation team. And you could be a part of that and communi- uh, for communion as well. Creative, production, worship, stories, web, front office, guest services, facilities. Basically, you know who you are and what your giftings are, usually. If you have a question, maybe ask a neighbor. Uh, but sign up for those things that you have most interested in ways that you can be a part of the Great Rescue and serve in that way. So I'm going to summarize. We're going to run through this. Let me see where I'm at. Hawk's helping me this morning. Jump to the next slide. All right. So this is it. We want to move people from lost to found. The way you can do that this morning is to grab a yard sign on your way out. Grab one of those baggies with uh, window decals and the invitation cards. But we don't want to keep them there. We want to see people connected so that they can grow in their faith. So you can sign up for connect groups next week. And the last thing is, is you can fill out that great rescue invitation card. What I'm going to do is I'm going to call the ushers this morning, uh, call them forward. We're going to collect those great invitation cards in the offering buckets this morning. So if you could take a minute, go ahead and fill in your name if you're going to sign up to be a part of the great rescue as a world changer by serving others. 
fill out your name. The email and phone number is just so that we have a department leader that can contact you and let you know uh, where they're going to be at for our spring picnic. And what's going to happen on that spring picnic? It's June 12th. You're simply going to come. We'll have church. And then as people are dismissed, we're going to go out and have a picnic all over the property here. And then we're going to come back together and share with you what it's going to look like for somebody to come on our property. That as you invite someone to come and be a part of Connection Point, we want somebody out there with a welcome sign, somebody in visitor parking to help them get familiar with what this church looks like, to walk them in and lead them to a place where they can get connected. So we're going to walk through that whole process, and then we're going to send you off so that you can, in the place that you marked as a number one, go visit with that department leader. They'll talk with you for 15 minutes about what it looks like to serve there. Then you'll go to the next one, the number two spot. They'll do the same thing. And then the last one, number three, you'll hear what they have to share as well and have opportunity for you to basically have those papers, those organizational charts for you to sign up and say, I want to serve in this area. And then they're going to take the next month to walk alongside you to say, this is what it looks like to serve here. Now, if you're a greeter, that's pretty simple. You shake a hand and say hello. Not a whole lot of training required. Uh, But now if you're back in the kids' area, that does require a bit more involved training. So then they're going to walk with you for several weeks on what it means to disciple our kids. Um, So depending on the spot that you pick will depend on the length of what is required for you to get involved in that position. Uh, Obviously, with our kids' areas, we do background checks, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, We want our kids to be in a safe environment, and we set up the best way for that to happen. So keep that in mind as you're signing up for whatever you feel the Lord leading you to and serving others and being part of the Great Rescue in that way. I'm going to pray over the offering. One of the last ways that you can be a part of the Great Rescue this morning is simply by way of financial gift. We took an offering last week as a part of Vision Sunday, casting vision for our futures fund so that we can continue to create capacity and extend our reach. That we want to, as we look to the fall and we look to opening up to two services, because right now we've got capacity for about 640 people between the building and the parking lot. But we know by moving to two services, we can double that and have the capacity for 1,200. But there are some things we need to put in place for that to happen. A very simple one is we've got to create some systems in our parking lot so that people can get in and out easily, especially in between services. So we want to asphalt the other entry point on Cumberland so we can have both an entrance and an exit. And it takes finances to do that. So you can be a part of the Great Rescue by way of serving, by way of taking a yard sign, by way of signing up for connect groups, but you can also be a part of the Great Rescue by giving of your finances as well. So I'm just going to encourage you to to move in that direction as we pray and take the offering. And as that offering bucket passes you by, make sure to drop that Great Rescue invitation card in there, and then the worship team is going to come and lead us in song, and I encourage you as that bucket passes you by to stand and continue to sing as we close out our service here this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of so many in our community through this church and the people connected to it. We thank you for the model that you gave us to pour into the lives of people by way of discipleship, by way of mentoring. And we just pray that you would continue to grow us in our faith as we do that, to come alongside people as they journey with Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be committed to the great rescue, the command you gave to go and to baptize and to teach. I pray, Lord, that we would be committed to your cause in this world to bring hope and healing to it in Jesus' name. We pray all of these things. Thanking you, Father, for what a glorious morning we had here today and lives that were changed through baptism and testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.